0: Welcome to the official podcast. Eric Allen here inside the studio with a good friend of mine, a longtime Jet, a forever jet. That of course is Marty Lyons. First off, I want to say congratulations on 40 years of the Marty Lyons Foundation. What does that mean to you?
1: Well, it means that I've been surrounded by good people for 40 years, because you can't accomplish anything in life by yourself and When you think about 40 years, you think about all the kids and families that have come through the doors, and of course, you think and you remember about all those children that you've lost, but you also remember the ones that God gave you back, that we were able to create hope and memories for the families. And, you know, to be truly blessed to accomplish something for 40 years, you really... You count your blessings, that you've got people that believe in your mission, people that support you financially, and, um, you know, we're just, we're getting ready to gear up to see how we can go to 41, 42, 43, because we're not going to stop.
0: Very simply, what is the mission of the Marty Lyons Foundation?
1: Mission of the foundation since day one is to provide special wishes for terminally ill children or children suffering with a chronic life-threatening illness. Unfortunately, probably 60 to 70% of the kids that we work with will not see the age of 18. And you line up se- uh, 10 of them and you go, which seven won't make it? And you know, every now and then God gives you back that one that you didn't think was gonna make it as a reminder that your work has meaning, that you're making an impact. So uh, again, we've been fortunate for 40 years, we've raised over $43 million helped close to 8,300 families. We just announced we're going to open up another chapter out in California, which will now give us, I believe,
0: 13 chapters. It truly is God's work, though. Now, how difficult is it for you knowing that, yes, I'm going to be helping a certain number of people, but a number of these kids that I'm trying to help aren't going to make it.
1: Well, I think one thing you have to realize is the rules to the game are never going to change. And there's been many times where I'll leave a pediatric ward and I'll see two or three kids and you get stuck in traffic going back from New Jersey to New York and you get frustrated and you have a little conversation with the man upstairs and you go, when's it all going to end? And then you're reminded that, The rules aren't going to change. God didn't ask you to do this. You chose to do it and continue to do it. So we're all here to make an impact. These kids that are being cheated out of life, if we take time to listen to them, we take time to understand their story and know that there's a name and a face, they're really true teachers in life. And the one thing that I've realized for 40 years, none of these kids have ever said, why make they all understand that they're here for a short time. They're trying to make an impact to the people that will listen to them, the people that will take time to understand that they're not different, they're special. And uh, the number one thing is, you know, they made me believe more in faith because they make me made me understand that faith is believing in something you can't see. Right. But if you have enough of it, you'll be rewarded you know, when you pass away, you'll get to see everything you believe in.
0: We talked about this many times before, and I know a number of people who followed the Jets and followed Marty Lyons have heard this before, but I think we should go back. What three things happened in your life that made you decide that I have to do something?
1: Well, when I was 25, my oldest son, Rocky, he was born on March 4th. My dad suddenly died of a heart attack on March 8th. And then a little boy that I was a big brother to named Keith died at five and a half on March 10th. So in a matter of six days, you go from the ultimate high to the ultimate low. And for me, I asked the good Lord, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong in life that you gave me a healthy son, but you took away two people that I love dearly? Days went to weeks, weeks went to month, and you realize time's not going to stop for any one of us. And then you realize that you had a platform. Your platform was playing in the NFL. But what was your real purpose in life? And my purpose was to take that platform take the God-given tools and the surroundings that I had and start a foundation. I started it with Kenny Sherroy, my teammate, roommate. We had six people sitting around a table. I didn't even know what nonprofit meant. All I knew is I had to do something. I needed a vehicle so that I could move on because there's that old saying, time heals everything. And I totally disagree with that saying. I think time allows you to find a vehicle to cope with the loss it never takes takes away the pain because there's always going to be an event there's always going to be a celebration where there's a missing there's an empty seat there's somebody missing but we can't stop living because somebody has passed away we can't
0: yeah all children All the people that you've helped over the years, I know, like they say, being a parent, you don't, you love them all. You love them all the same, but um, you feel about them in different ways because they're all unique with that being said what are some of the wishes that you guys have been able to help provide of late that have stood out
1: right well i think number one the the first wish is always to go to disney kids (laughs) want to go to disney or number two they'd like to meet a so-called celebrity uh number three might be a shopping spree number four we've been Uh, able to to buy a couple dogs so that they can have some companions. You know, First Holy Communion dress, which is very simple. In the early 80s, EA, coming in right behind going to Disney, everybody wanted a (laughs) camcorder. And we couldn't understand as you're giving the family and the child whatever they want, give them the world, give them their wish, and it was very simple. They wanted a camcorder. So... We're good friends with P.C. Richards. We had a family down in Florida from the Florida chapter. They had a child that was two and a half years old, which was underneath our threshold of three. Yeah. So we made an exception. I went to the board. I said, you know what, two and a half is very close to three. And unfortunately, this child that's two and a half may not make it to three their wish is a simple camcorder. So we drop shipped them a camcorder. I believe on a Monday or a Tuesday, they had a surprise birthday party for their son in the hospital. It wasn't his birthday, but they had a celebration. Took some pictures, created some memories. The child ended up passing away on Thursday. I talked to the father on Friday, and he said, I want to return the camcorder. I said, you know, I don't want the camcorder back. It's it's yours and your family. And he said, "If it wasn't for you, wasn't for your organization, it wasn't for the people that believe in your organization, we would have nothing to hold on to. You gave us an opportunity to create memories of our son. We can never thank you enough. And that's a simple camcorder. So, you know, to help these families uh, is just a—it's a tremendous opportunity. It's like the more you give, the more you receive, and." Uh, the simple thank yous at the time of the event or the time you fulfill the wish is one thing, but to hear about it, to run into people in the community that will come up and say, hey, are you Marty Lyons? And I'll say, yeah, I am. they say, you know what, you, you sponsored my child in the 80s. You sponsored my child in the 90s. We never had an opportunity to tell you thank you. And again, I'll say, Well, how are they doing? And they'll more than likely, they say, unfortunately, they passed away. But you, you gave us that opportunity. You gave us memories, and that's what we try to do: create that hope, because the families, as difficult as it is to lose a child, it's even more difficult to try to move on.
0: What do the images and the videos mean to you when you see these kids experience something? that they had always wished for, and they probably thought there was never a chance that this was going to happen.
1: Well, I think, it's, again, it's a reflection on everybody involved with the foundation. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel satisfied. It makes you realize that I was fortunate to be a professional athlete, fortunate enough to come to New York in 1979 to be drafted, Fortunate enough to be still affiliated with the Jets 43 years later and to look at what we've accomplished as a group, it's very satisfying. It tells you that you don't have to be a professional athlete to make a difference. All you have to do is care. And I think if the world looked back at 2021, 2020, the pandemic, we saw the kindness of the world and we saw so much hatred. Yes. And if people realize if we just respected people for who they are, you can listen to their opinion. You don't have to agree with it, but listen to it and don't judge them for it. Because you know what? We're all going to be judged one day by by God when we pass away. He's going to judge us. Who are we to judge other people for the way they want to live their lives? Just respect it. It doesn't have to be the same as yours. Just respect it.
0: Oftentimes I have a problem right now with with how much hatred there is or uh, why people are so angry when they refuse to take a step back and maybe to see what they have or what others don't. Um, With you providing continually to provide to others. What do you say to young players when you talk to them about there are opportunities off the field? Yes, it's great to be in the National Football League, but you're not going to be in the NFL forever.
1: Right. What I try to explain to them is that there's a responsibility, there's an obligation, and there's an opportunity. You're playing in the NFL, so you've fulfilled your dream as a little kid. Now take it one step further. Use this platform to find your purpose in life. I was years ago, probably 20 years ago, I was in a church in Alabama, and it was a Baptist church, and I was there with a friend of mine and probably 1,500 people. I was sitting in the back of the church, and the minister got up that day, and he started reading from the book of Luke. And he said, he who has much, much is expected. And he would go on and on, and then all of a sudden he'd stop and he'd go, Remember, he who has much, much is expected. Well, yeah, the whole time he was saying that quote, I felt like he was looking at me. At one time, he said it like the third time I got up, I looked around me to see if there was somebody behind me, and there wasn't. <laughs> so I said to my buddy, who's a minister down there, I said, Rich, how'd you do that? And he says, do what? And I said every time that the minister said, he who has much, much is expected, he was looking right at me. He said, that's your message that you need to carry on and tell people. He who has much, much is expected. Don't look at your own life from the inside out because it gets distorted. Human nature, animosity, jealousy. It really gets distorted because people go, well, I work as hard as him. Why don't I have that? But if you look at your own life from the outside in and you realize how fortunate you are, how blessed you are, then you can put the backside of that quote on, much is expected. Everybody has to find that spot in life where you're comfortable with who you are and then expect more out of yourself than what you're given. It's like Archie Manning once He told all of his boys, Eli, Peyton, you know, be more than you were born to be. Right. That's open-ended. You know, none of us know what we were born to be, but just be a little bit more.
0: What's that golf tournament like? What was it like this year? You just had it, and and it's a big fundraiser for you. And you get all the guys coming back and together and the ladies, and then you finish – the 18 holes and everybody comes to dinner. Can you describe that environment? Well,
1: it's exciting because number one, we sold out in a matter of five weeks. We oversold the golf portion and we oversold the dinner. And then when the the people come in, number one, it's been a long day. So you apologize for <laughs> that. And you, you make sure that they understand that one day out of our life, we had a long day playing golf. <laughs> and then I have some of the kids that have survived their illness or are still fighting, they get up and speak. And when now, as a sponsor, you can identify where your money's going, it's not me telling the story, it's the recipient telling the story. And then we have parents that have lost a child talking about what it is to lose a child. And then we have special awards that we have named after some of the children. We have an award after Mr. Hess that we give out to uh, an athlete. And we want to recognize all the children that have passed away to keep their memories alive and to let their parents know and let everybody know that they were important in our lives. They came here not to make a, you know, uh, an impression. They came here to make an impact. And there's a big difference. You know, everybody can make an impression. Yeah, you know what? I met with EA. He's a nice guy. He made an impression on me. But
0: you've always said that to me, by the way, that you you can change somebody's day
1: by just saying hello. Yes, because people don't realize it. And be honest with you, I didn't really realize it till we had a little girl named Lauren that had a brain tumor, and I used to call her after she went through her chemo or radiation. She'd go back to school, and I'd call her and say, Lauren, you went back to school. That had to be exciting. How was it? And she'd say, I was invisible today. I said, Lauren, what do you mean you were invisible? She said, I sat at the same lunch table. Everybody walked by me. Nobody wanted to have lunch with me. Nobody said anything. And that's not kids being mean, because adults do it. Sometimes we don't know what to say, But we have to say something, Mm -hmm. because if you don't say something in their world, it's another day where they're invisible. It's another day where nobody said anything kind to them. It's like the first thing you should do in the morning is look at yourself and say, hey, how can I make a difference? And I read a poem or three lines probably... 25 years ago that I try to recite to myself every day. It says, to dream anything you want, that's the beauty of the human mind. Try to tell people, dream as much as you can, because if you can dream it, you can see it, you can touch it, it might just come true. The second line goes, to do anything you want to do, that's the strength of the human will. Your body might quit, but don't let the spirit, don't let your human will deter you from doing anything. And the third line is probably the most important one. It says, trust yourself to test your limits. Mm. That is the courage to succeed. You know, sometimes we have to think outside the box. Sometimes when you are, are putting together something like the foundation, you have to trust yourself that you know what, you're making the right decisions. You're taking everybody's opinion and you're doing what's right for the kids. And it comes down to you believing in yourself. You can take those three lines and you can use them in corporate America. You can use them out there on the football field. You can use them in your everyday life to make sure that every day you try to make a difference.
0: We're going to transition to football, even though that sounds quite impossible at the moment. But with that being said, if somebody wants to help Marty Lyons 41, 42, 43 years down the road in terms of your organization now in this 40th year and they can help you in 41 42 43 and beyond how can they do it
1: all they have to do is go to the marty Lyons foundation.org you can donate uh, online you can send us a message that you'd like to volunteer you can send a message that maybe you have an in-kind donation that you want to do um, i encourage people if you want to volunteer come to the foundation, let us teach you how to fulfill a wish, and let you, you make contact with the family. Yeah. You're, that, you're the coordinator of their wish, so now you're involved in every step, and you build the relationship, and you get to see these families that every single day, for some of these family, they get up and their routine is the same. You know, they pick their child up out of bed, they'll wash them, they'll feed them, they'll put them in the wheelchair, and then it's every day, every single day. And, and we've got to understand how fortunate we are, and because we're in that position, it's our responsibility. The opportunity is gonna be there, EA, if it's not with the Marty Lyons Foundation, it's with, there's a lot of nonprofit organizations out there that need help. And I campaign for every one of them. And I tell the people that I talk to find the one that fits into your life. Yes. Find the one that you can make a full commitment to. Find the one that, as you're working, the rewards are coming back to you. That's where you're going to give 100%, and that's where you're going to make a difference.
0: Uh, congratulations. Uh, we salute you. Uh, we love you. Uh, I, you are Mr. Jet. Uh, speaking of being Mr. Jet, How many years in a radio booth now for you and Shoes? Bob
1: and I are going on 21, and then I did, I was fortunate enough to do the Jet Journal TV show for maybe eight years uh, with MSG, and then, you know, I was fortunate enough to come here in 1979 and then retire in 1991. So, you know, 43 years, uh, I tell people I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, I've been a part of all of it. But there's something about Joe Douglas, there's something about Rob Salah, there's something that you feel about the this, this stability at the top. And you just think that maybe, maybe they got it right. And I think it falls back onto the players to actually believe, number one, believe in, the, in themselves, number two, believe in the system, and number three, go out there and execute. You get paid to play football. That's your job. You don't get paid to lose games and go four and thirteen. And unfortunately in the business world of the NFL, no no team will ever be the same. So the the twenty twenty two team is gonna be special, but there's gonna be a lot of missing faces next year. The twenty twenty three is not gonna be the same. But you're going to into your second year with Rob Sala, Michael LaFleur, his offense, you know, and now it's time to adapt. It's time for the veteran leadership to take these young guys, take their energy, combine it all, start fast. You can't go one and three, two and two to beginning of the year, oh and four, because if you divide it before they've moved it to seventeen. Right. Used to divide the sixteen-game schedule into quarters. If you if you go one and three, your next quarter you got to go three and one, and people go, well, they got a tough uh, schedule. Well, you open up against Baltimore. Every team in the NFL should be tough, can be tough on a particular day. If you want to be the best, play the best, and the more you play the best, the more you're going to build confidence, and you build confidence by winning games or understanding why you lost the game.
0: You said you think the Jets have it right at the top. And I think everybody in this building feels the same way. Obviously, I work here so people can say you're a homer. I don't think we've ever had a structure like this with Jaime al president, Joe Douglas at GM, and now Robert Sala as head coach. Would you have liked playing for Salah? He seems to connect so well with players. And he's, you know, people throw around the phrase leader of men, but he has some natural leadership qualities. And I think he's a guy who also lives it. The way he talks to people about strain. We saw him today with the 60% shirt on, referencing the Navy SEALs, saying that there is always more flight or fright or um, flight or fight, excuse me. Uh, he just has a way about himself, presence, and I think people gravitate towards him.
1: Oh, I, I would say he's a people's person. You know, here I am, 65 years old, the first time I met him, you know what, I got goosebumps. And I said, wow, you know what, watching him on TV when he was a defense coordinator for the 49ers, when the defense would come up with a big play and he'd run down the field and chest pump his guys. That's a guy that's fully committed. And I think last year, his first year as a head coach, he kind of tried to taper that energy because maybe he thought or maybe somebody said, hey, you know, head coaches aren't supposed to do that. So it'll be interesting to see how he interacts with his players this year. You You want to uh, see more of that? I, I hope we do. Yeah. I hope we see more of it. And uh, I would have loved to have played for him. I think that the organization, again, they have it right, the stability. They're bringing in the right players. You watch some of these young kids play, the energy that they bring. And it's got to be a mixture. You can't have all the youth without the experience. And I thought that that's one thing that hurt uh, Zach Wilson last year is unfortunately you, you lost your quarterback coach in an accident. But there was no veterans in in the quarterback room right. because Joe Flacco had gone down to the Eagles. And <clears throat> Zach, I think, was trying to be too much too early. You know, he'd have mm-hmm. that five-yard opener, and then there's, you know, they're running a double out, and he had the 12-yard opener. Uh, not open and he tried to squeeze it in there and he didn't realize that you know these defensive backs are pretty fast take the five yards let the receiver turn it upfield maybe it turns into eight maybe it turns into 12 take what the defense allows you to have have this year you know watching the first game I think we all got caught up when Zach got hurt but I remember going down on the field with two minutes to go, and I think if you combine all the quarterbacks, uh, their completion was 17 out of 31. What impressed me the most out of the 17, mm. nine of them went to tight ends.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when
1: you can get the tight end involved in your offense, that's your quarterback's best friend, and I think you've got multiple tight ends. That can play this
0: year. Oh no doubt. Tyler Conklin has been one of the stars of camp. You got CJ Uzama, you got Jeremy Ruckert in the mix. Finally getting team reps, coming back from the injury, gets a touchdown himself. Lawrence Cager making the transition from receiver, (laughs) making plays. Joe Flacco is he the perfect guy for the situation these young Jets are in? You added a bunch of veterans in free agency, which you needed. We know that, but at the quarterback position. Zach goes down. We don't know the exact timetable. Fortunately, escapes major injury, but he's going to be out for a little bit. Flacco looked good out there today. We're taping after a joint yeah. session with Atlanta Falcons. Well, he can spin the football.
1: I, I've been a Joe Flacco fan. I watched him win a Super Bowl. I watched him become an MVP. The thing about Joe is he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. And I really think that the way he throws the ball is a lot different than Zach Wilson. Mm. I think he has a little bit more touch on it. So it gets to the receivers, maybe not as fast as Zach, but not as hard as Zach. So watching him throw the ball today, he was right on target. Corey Davis would come out of his break. He's right there. You know, Elijah Moore, right there. I think you have the skilled players now that all all you have to do is get the ball to them. Which now puts more pressure on the offensive line. I think the offensive line has got to be solid, starting with uh Connor McGovern mm-hmm. in the in the middle. He's got to be able to make the calls. You got two veterans tackles. I thought George Fan, I thought he had the best year of any offensive lineman last year. Mm. You know? And uh, uh, Vera Tucker. That kid can play. He missed one play last year because he got a little dirt in his eye. He's a tough kid. (laughs) They're moving him over. You bring in Tomlinson. So I think the offensive line will be solidified. You got running backs that can run the ball, but they also can catch the ball coming out of the backfield. And that has to be a touch pass. You're throwing it a little bit in front of them so that they can run and catch it, never lose stride of going up the field. And I watched Joe throw today, and I I was pretty impressed with those passes also.
0: Uh, Defensively, you played on the famous front in franchise history. But that being said, what do you think about the numbers possibly up front? Jets coming at you in waves. That's the way they want to do this around here. They don't want guys playing 65 snaps. They want people fresh in the fourth quarter.
1: Well, you know, fresh in the fourth quarter is one thing. You know, all I know is that We played first downs, we played second down, we played third down, we played short yardage, we played goal line back then. (laughs) I'm not a big rotation guy because I believe that on first and second down, you could be setting that offensive lineman up for a third down move. You could could be in the third down and they pick up a first down and now you know how he's setting on you. Now you throw another guy in there and you start over. They have... uh, so much talent on the defensive line that, okay, if you want to rotate, rotate. But if you have somebody out there that's hot, that is really dominating the game, I vote to leave them in. Leave them in there till maybe late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter. You want to give them a couple plays out. But most of the players will tell you they don't want to come out. No. They don't want to come out. You know? If you're a little winded, if guys are running a hurry up offense, if you're play after play after play, you know, maybe you get a little tired, you raise your hand, and they put somebody in for you. But, you know, they they have the depth, so if that's the way they're going to play it, then, you know, <laughs> I just think that when you, when you start rotating the players in there, you have to have better communication. Like when Joe and I were playing together – Joe was outside. I was inside. I'd look over there to Joe, and Joe would give me a nod, or he'd look one way. It didn't matter, EA, what I planned on doing through the guard. I knew what Joe was going to do. Right. And Joe was going to take his tackle up the field, give him that stiff arm underneath his – on the underside of his uh, shoulder pad. He wanted me to hold the guard on the line of scrimmage to create that space. He was going to come underneath. I was going to release outside. Two things can happen. Well, three things. Joe can hit the quarterback. He can throw the ball. Joe can get the sack or Joe flushes him. If I have containment, I get the sack. Yeah. So it's so important to have that communication. And sometimes when you're rotating the players in and out, maybe that communication breaks down. Example, in the Philly games, you can't have your defensive tackle slanting in your outside defensive end slanting in, and there's no Contain. containment on the outside. Yeah. You know, we were talking about it outside. Uh, Lamar Jackson, perfect example. You have to be disciplined. It's not just getting the pressure on him. It's having the pocket collapse at the same time. You get that push by your two defensive tackle. He's feeling the pressure. He's stepping back. It starts to collapse from the outside. He's got to go back. To get outside, you got plenty of time to catch them.
0: Yeah, I know it's not sexy because people would say, how are the Jets going to be successful this year? And say, well, Zach Wilson's got to throw 32 touchdown passes, 4,000 yards, and all that other stuff. For you, it's the little things. Because what we saw early in 2021, Jets were losing a lot of football games by double digits. What we saw in the back half of the year is, yeah, they won some games, weren't able to close some. Tampa comes to mind right away. That was probably their most complete impressive performance of the year and they were in, unable to finish the deal so the next step is winning those close games right, right? because right. they should be in they should be in games from the get here
1: right well you got to start fast and finish strong and there's no lead too big in the NFL that a team can't come back Example the Falcons playing New England in the Super Bowl. What they have them down 28 to three at one time. That's right. And then all of a sudden they score. Now it's 28 to 10, and your defense goes out there and they create a third three and out. And then your offense goes out there and they score another one. Now it's 28 17. Now you got the defense playing on their heels. You got a a coaching staff going, whoa, whoa. You know what? How how do we stop this? You know, problem was you took your foot off the gas. If in the NFL, if teams can beat another team by 50 points, they're going to do it. Right? They're going to do it as a reminder that maybe the next time we play it, we're we're going to try to embarrass you. There's no scholarships here. There's no hey, let's pull it back, let's not blitz anymore, let's take a knee. No, no, no. This is the NFL. It, my the second game, my rookie season we lose, we go in at halftime it's 35 to 3 in new england we lost 56 to 3 they embarrassed us you know and coming from alabama i never experienced that and i sat there and we get on the plane and i remember matt robinson coming up to me and he goes hey rook what's wrong with you and i go i'm embarrassed i'm Man. embarrassed you know we lost 56 to 3 and he goes well don't think too hard about it cuz we got to play next next week let it go yeah, you gotta let it go, but it's still human nature. It sits in the back of your mind. Just like a quarterback, you throw an interception, you have a bad pass, you you know, you've gotta let that last play go because you can't get it back. You've got to keep moving forward. And that's something that I think Zach learned last year. Now he got hurt last year, he got hurt this year. And people say, and I was one of the ones that said you know, when he got hurt, why didn't you run out of bounds? But we already know the results of what happened when he came inside. Right. Yeah. So it's easy to say. Yeah, I, I know, know. because <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm saying the same thing in the press box. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with the play. But as soon as people see him go down, well, that's a young guy's yeah. mistake. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. No. He was just being Zach Wilson. He yeah. What, what if he
1: spun in and didn't fall down and picked up another 10 yards we would be going, wow, you know, look at, That's the, another tool look at, or... look at the athletic ability yeah. that Zach Wilson had. It, it just, you know, unfortunately injuries are part of the game. I saw a lot of guys on that I played with like Bob Crable, Lance Mell, you know, outstanding linebackers, non-contact injuries, you know, took away their career. Right. You know, I'm worried about Mackay. I think Mackay's got uh, – I would approach Mackay just like I do all the salespeople that I have at Lantech. When I de-scope a job, I do not start with what you did wrong. Because if I start with what you did wrong, I'll never get to what you did right. Because it'll just go on and on and on. And when I do get to what you did right. You're not it listening. doesn't seem like a compliment. Yeah. I think Mackay needs all that positive reinforcement to let him know that, hey, you're a number one draft choice. You're a left tackle. You're a big man. But you have to be fully committed, not just to yourself, but to your team. And take the little steps, give him the encouragement he needs, and take those little things that he's doing right, EA. And blow him up to big things.
0: Yeah, and he did a lot of. Good.
1: And and he, then then he's got to want it. He's got to want it. We can't want it for him. That's that's that doesn't work all the way from the NFL all the way down to pee wee football. So
0: so everybody to a man said that he wanted. It. He put in into work here this summer. Unfortunate. You're really excited uh, for the start of the season. So are we. We're gonna end it right here. Joe Klecko won a three senior finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. All he needs now is an 80% vote in January, and he will be getting his jacket in Canton right and in he the will, summer of 2023. And, what?
1: and I will be there, number one. And number two, he will get the 80%. I think that for the first time in a long time, he'll be recognized and everything will be validated on – Who he was as a person, who he was as a teammate, and the way he played the game. And that's the most important thing, is it's not what you think or, you know, what you thought of yourself as a player. It's what the people you played against. And when you have Anthony Munoz, Dwight Stevenson, Joe DeLamalier, all those guys that have been in the Hall of Fame saying, you know what, the toughest guy I went against was Joe Klecko. I mean... If we had 53 Joe Kluckos, we would have won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Joe cared about his teammates. He made sure his teammates were ready. When I came in as a rookie, he took me underneath his wing. He said, hey, you know, this is what you got to do. You got to get stronger. He goes, because I don't have a choice. I got to play alongside of you for as long as I'm here. And then... <laughs> First part of the season, we get into – he gets into a fight, and I do, you know, the most responsible thing. You held him back. I I held him (laughs) back. I pulled him out of the fight, and he looks at me, EA, and he says (laughs) – we get back to the huddle, and he says, you ever do that again, I'll kick your ass right here in front of everybody. He goes, because you either fight with me or you leave me alone. Right. And right then and there, I had a teammate. I knew that when he was in a fight, right or wrong, I was going to get in. If I was on a, in a fight, I didn't care what the other ten guys on the defense were going to do. I knew I had one. I knew Joe would be in that fight with me. And what makes it so special to me to see Joe have this opportunity is the friendship that we still have after 43 years. Yeah, that means a great deal. And you know, his son Danny grew up into grew up in the locker room. He was fortunate enough to play in the NFL. He has three Super Bowl rings, two with New England, one with the Colts. And he was a heck of a player, heck of a player. And I'm not saying this in disrespect, but he'll never have that Hall of Fame Fame ring like his dad will. That will make it complete.
0: Well, uh, Marty Lyons, you are doing Hall of Fame things with the kids. Marty Lyons Foundation, 40 years Um, congratulations bravo and if you have an opportunity to help not just Marty or anybody else I think I think we all should do something uh, because there's a lot of people out there in need and uh, thank you so much for coming by
1: my pleasure EA it's always a pleasure to be here at the facility to sit and talk with you and just to let the people know that are, are watching this podcast Uh, You don't have to be a professional athlete to make a difference. All you have to do is care. And all of us have that opportunity in life. Whether you take it or not, it's your choice. I encourage you to do it.